Friends, our scripture lesson this morning is from the book of Exodus. Uh, two different portions of that story. First, beginning at chapter 1, verse 8. Hear now God's word for us this day. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come. Let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase, and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that were imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sifraf and the other Puah, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on a birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. God dealt with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with butumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. The sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked alongside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying, and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then his sister came to Pharaoh's daughter. Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, yes. So the daughter went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. And now continuing in chapter 3, many years later, Moses 
was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame out of fire of a bush. He looked, and the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And then God said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. God said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. Cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and this my title for all generations. This is the word of the Lord. And let us pray. Oh, holy God, by your grace and mercy, may we continue to discover anew our story in your story. Fill us all, O Lord, with your Holy Spirit as we continue to ponder and open our hearts and minds and all that we are to your word to us as it comes anew this day. And we pray this with gratitude and with faith in Jesus' name, amen. Moses and Jesus were playing golf one day. There's a pond between the tee and the green, and Moses says, 
I'm gonna hit a nine iron from here. I saw Tiger Woods hit the green with a nine iron from here. And Jesus says, well, maybe Tiger, but I think, Moses, you'd be better off with a seven iron from this distance. But Moses is stubborn, and he steps up with his nine iron, and he hits the ball, and it lands smack in the middle of that pond. Well, disgusted, Moses goes down the hill to the water's edge, and he parts the pond so he can walk out and get his ball. Just then the next golfer comes up and sees this and he says to Jesus, who does this guy think he is? Moses? Jesus responds, no, he thinks he's Tiger Woods. <laughs> who do you think you are? And are you living the life that God has called you to live or are you living the life of someone else? This past week, I read an intriguing article entitled, Do You Need a Weekend at the Confident Man Ranch? I'm not sure what it says about me that my Apple newsfeed algorithm thought I was in need of that article, <laughs> but that's a sermon for another day. It affirmed that in the culture that we live in, Masculinity is evolving, and that shift has left some men feeling unmoored, detached from their feelings, disconnected from friends they can be vulnerable with, disillusioned with their work, no longer satisfied with the outer trappings of success. They hunger for more. At the foot of the Rockies, the operators of a dude ranch retreat are proposing a novel solution, a blending of cowboy culture and group 